You are listening to the Phenom NBA Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network. Powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to the NBA Phenom Show. I am Trayvon Hastings, and we also have Ismail Sai on the podcast today. Um, we are going to be talking about the James Harden trade, what if he stays in Houston. We're also going to discuss the Clippers after a massive blowout loss today to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Izzy, you can go ahead and get us started. Okay, so we're going to start right there in Houston. James Harden made his Houston debut last night. He had 44 points and 17 assists. I mean, he looked absolutely phenomenal considering he only had barely a week of training camp after partying in Vegas or whatever, the little baby. But, um, yeah, he came in, did his job, and Houston actually looked good for the most part. Um, Christian Wood and James Harden having big games. Um, so it begs the question, what happens if James Harden actually stays in Houston? Trayvon, what are your thoughts? Um, if they stay in Houston, I'm expecting them to compete for one of the bottom three seeds of the Western Conference. So they'll be, they'll be in that six to eight range. Um, I don't really know where they're going to be just because we don't really know about Phoenix yet, not fully. Um, Minnesota's 2-0 right now. Minnesota's look pretty good. Um, Sacramento and San Antonio look pretty good. Golden State's look really bad. And then obviously you've got like Portland and Utah and those teams in there. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think they'll be in the play-in for like the final two spots, that 7-10-8-9 play-in. They'll definitely be in that if Harden's there all season because, I mean, we saw it again. Wall and Cousins and a bunch of guys were out due to contact tracing, and he had 44 points and 17 assists. And, I mean, that's that's absurd. And Christian Wood, he he had a heck of a game too. I think he oh, scored, yeah. like, scored around 30, somewhere around there. So, I mean, yeah, he he's going to be huge. He's going to be huge for the Rockets this year, especially if Wall and Cousins are out. And it sounds like Christian Woods is starting center. So Cousins is going to be coming off the bench because P.J. Tucker is going to start at the four. So that's going to open up the floor even more for Christian Wood because all five guys on the floor can shoot the ball. Maybe not John Wall, but Christian Wood is one of the best shooting bigs in the entire league, along with, like, John Collins, for example. They're very similar players. So he's going to be a big X factor for the team moving forward. And the health of, like, Wall and Cousins and those guys – same thing applies for them as well. 
Yeah, so just to just to go off of what you just said there, I think this is a dangerous team of Harden's days. I mean, they did add a considerable amount of size. They had, I mean, I feel like Christian Wood was probably the best pickup for this team. He's really, really severely underrated. I think he's going to have a breakout season because last year you saw it in Detroit with significantly less talent. He was still able to put up great numbers, and now you have an otherworldly player with Harden alongside him. I mean, that's going to open up more opportunities for, for him. And to go off the Portland game, he, he looked phenomenal. He had 31 points, 13 rebounds. He outplayed Nurkic for the most part. Um, so, yeah, if Harden stays, this is a dangerous team. I think they're a top six-ish team reign in that, within that range because you don't know what the, what the West after the top four, whatever that's going to be. Um, so I think Harden should really consider, you know, getting rid of that trade request and like stay in Houston because this is a better squad to me it's a better squad than when they had a year a year ago I was never a fan of that small ball experiment it was never going to work I don't know why they tried it um so yeah now that you had Cousins and Wood and you still have PJ Tucker there Eric Gordon John Wall you know all these pieces that they have you so he's still a good team from top to bottom um, so I think they can definitely surprise some people if Harden stays. Now, if Harden doesn't stay, it's a different story, but I, I definitely think Harden should really consider staying in Houston. I mean, but it depends on how much he wants that championship ring, because that's not a championship team either way you look at it. Yeah, that's true. I think Harden, at the end of the day, he's he's all he about winning. Win. I mean, he turned down the biggest contract extension in NBA history. I mean, it was like two year. It was a two-year extension over, I think, $51 million dollars per season average for that contract. Yeah. I mean, if it was Carmelo Anthony, he's accepting that deal because Carmelo's big on money. Giannis, if he gets that extension, he would probably sign it. James I mean, Harden is about winning. But I, I think Harden has to go to the Eastern Conference if he's going to try to get a title. Because yeah. he's not going to get to the final. He's not even going to get to the, he's probably not even going to get to the conference finals being in the Western Conference. It's just not going to happen. The only way it happens is if they don't play the Lakers until the conference finals. And the, the likelihood of that happening is Close slim to, to none because I don't know where the Lakers are going to be this year because they got less days off than any other team in the entire league, 71 days. So there's going to be a lot of managing of LeBron and AD's minutes and like AD isn't going to play the next game already. He has a calf injury, I think. So Vogel said he's out. I mean, they're going to be doing a lot of management with those guys to make sure that they're ready for the playoffs because that's when it really matters. Because yeah. the seeding, whatever the seeding is, all of the teams in the Western Conference are going to be like one or two games from being the first seed or the sixth seed. So, I yeah, mean, agreed. I mean, it was the same thing last year. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. The only thing I'm going to say is certain teams play better depending on the matchup. So, like if the Jazz and Clippers play, that's obviously a disadvantage to the Jazz in the come playoff time. But I think if the Jazz were stuck with a team like we saw with, you know, early in the Denver series last year, and there's a couple of, like, there's a couple, like maybe Phoenix or somebody like that. Like there's certain teams Utah matches up with, but then there's also teams Utah has no business being in a playoff series with because they just can't match them. And we saw when they played Houston the last couple of years in the playoffs, that's a team. That's a team that only can play certain teams with the way that they play. So yeah. I like the Lakers and the Rockets and teams like that. The Rockets are actually able now because they aren't doing small ball to match up with a lot more teams 
because if they still had the small ball going, there's a lot of teams that they cannot play against because they don't have any size. But now they're actually able to do something. So, Yeah, so we'll see where that team goes. I mean, look, just final thoughts here for me. Um, you know, I mean, you still have – we just – in the playoffs, you know, it's all about how the great players perform. And, I mean, we haven't really seen that from James Harden yet. So that's – to me, that's the biggest thing for Houston. Not even just their – like, now that they have size. I mean, it's just a matter of is Harden going to be able to produce like he does in the regular season because – you know, in years past, he hasn't been able to perform in the playoffs. And that's why that's prevented him from being a top, considered a top five NBA player. I mean, he's on the cusp and he's one playoff run away to me from being in that conversation. But um, yeah, so that's what's going to be important if Houston even gets to make the playoffs because, yeah, and I think they have a solid shot too, but Harden wants to win. That's the bottom line, you know, and like you said, he needs to go to the East in order for that to happen because, you know, he's not beating LeBron and AD in LA. Uh, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're not even better than the Clippers, even though they look absolutely horrible today. Um, and you still have Luca there, who's going to be there for like the next 10, 20 years. And then you, and then, yeah, I mean, you have Jamal Murray and Jokic, of course, in Denver. So this is a deep Western conference. And I think Houston is right in the middle there. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to hang with the top teams, and that's probably why Harden wants to get a trade out of there. But, again, if he stays, this is, a, this is still a great team. But, I mean, it, it just it's just a matter of how far they can go and how far Harden thinks they can go. So any final thoughts here before we move on to our next topic? Nope, you're free to move on. We All pretty right. much hit that one. So. so we're going to move to another team in the Western Conference, the L.A. Clippers. Looked absolutely atrocious today. I mean, they just didn't look like – a well-coordinated basketball team, if you ask me. They lost by 51 points to the Dallas Mavericks, who are still without Christoph Porzingis. Yes, the Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard, but still no excuse to lose by that much, that many points. Paul George did not step up in his absence. I mean, no one seemed to, like, want to play defense or make shots. I mean, it was just a horrible game for the Clippers all around. So, Trayvon, why don't we start with you? What do you make of this performance? Um... I just heard I've I was on Xbox today. I was in a party and someone was like, Oh, the Clippers have they're down seventy-four to twenty-seven. I was like, You're kidding. I go to ESPN, they're down by fifty points at halftime. They have twenty-seven points. I mean, how can one team play I don't understand. How can one team play so badly for like one half? I I, I just that's horrible. Can't even score that 30 absolute, points. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, and this, the second half wasn't the second half wasn't even much better. I mean, yeah, they actually scored in the second half, but like you shot four for you shot four for 22 on threes the entire game. The entire game. They look like they look like Ohio State's basketball team trying to shoot threes. <laughs> I swear, it's horrible. Like, how do you shoot 12% from three? How does that happen? That doesn't make any sense to me. Paul George just got paid to be a top 10 basketball player, and he's barely, he's probably not even a top 20 basketball player if I pulled out my rankings right now because he's not. He's, like, maybe 18th. Like, he's not He's not all that, man. He, like, uh. And I know the Mavericks are good. I get that they're good, but, like, and I know I said they're the biggest threat to the Lakers, but they should not be beating anybody by 51 points. Yeah. It is, like, the third game of the season. No team should be winning by 50 points. But then again, as we speak, the Knicks are up like 30 on the Bucks right now. So I don't know what – I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that's just, mm. 
that doesn't make any sense. And I know yeah. Kawhi didn't play. I know I know Kawhi didn't play because he got obliterated by Sergi Baca's elbow the, the last game. Merry but, Christmas, but, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just. Uh, and if Kawhi played, they would have lost by thirty, not fifty. Like, good. Just still very bad. Almighty, like, what in the world? Who loses by fifty points, man? I just, I don't I mean, get that. I mean, look, they they looked absolutely horrible. I mean, like you said, Ohio State's basketball team. I mean, they they couldn't buy a bucket. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, you can't even score thirty points and a half. I mean, that's absolutely atrocious. I mean, that's unacceptable. I don't care if you don't have your best player. You don't lose by 50. It doesn't matter what point of the season it is. I don't care if you're playing G League players against starters. You don't lose by 50. And to me, that falls on Tyron Lue. He wasn't able to make adjustments. His team kept shooting threes. Stop shooting threes. How about attack the paint? The Mavs don't have a, a good rim protector. Attack, like, you hit a layup or something. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know, like you – to go back to your Paul George point, I mean, yeah, he was paid big time. Like, I think it was five years, 200-something million or, or – I think it was five years, 228. It was somewhere around 220. I yeah. have to look, but – Okay, so he got paid like a top eight, top ten NBA player. I mean, he first two games, he looked great. Today, he, he stunk up the place. I mean, he could he was one of the players that couldn't make a shot. He was 0 for 6 from 3, 4 of 13 from the field. I mean, it was it was horrible to watch. And then this is this is the problem with this Clippers team. I mean, sometimes they look absolutely amazing. You'd be like, yes, this is a championship contender. This this yeah, they're gonna beat the Lakers. Uh-huh. Then the next game or the games after that, they completely just go into a rut. They can't do anything right. They can't play basketball. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. I mean, you don't know what you're gonna get with this team. I mean, we saw it against Denver. At times they looked dominant, but then when Denver was on the comeback, they didn't know how to respond. So when this team is down, it looks like they're going to stay down. But when they're up, they're going to be able to stay up. So I mean, you just you have to find a you have to find that balance. And then, yeah, and then I don't I don't know, man. It just this team just confuses me. I, I've never been a fan of them to begin with. So like, I, I just don't I just don't know. Not only not only did they keep shooting threes, even if they went to the lane, they missed. I mean, they shot thirty four percent. Who shoots thirty four percent the entire game? I get that. That one happens, but 12% from three? Like, did they even get to the free throw line? I mean, good Lord. I, mean, was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many turnovers they had because there's no way that you only scored 27 points and a half without turning the ball over. The Mavericks outscored them 41 to 14 in the second quarter. In the first quarter, it was like 36 to 13. Like, what? Uh, so not only was the offense bad, the defense was even worse because no team should have 77 points at halftime. That should be like a middle of the third quarter type of score. And if you're really good defensively, that's like an end of third quarter type of score. But like, that's just, they don't have a playmaker. They don't have shooting apparently. I mean, they they got Luke Kennard in a, in a draft, draft day trade. And he shot like three for 10 today. He was awful. And then and then they gave him that big extension the other day. It was like four years, sixty-four million. Yeah, he, he shot. Million. He shot like thirty percent a day. What? Marcus Morris. I don't think he's. I don't think he's back. I don't know if he played. I don't think. Yeah, no. Marcus is still a, out. He's got a four-year, sixty-four million-dollar contract too, and he's not going to solve the problems on this team. I'm not going to say it's Ty Lue's fault because, to be quite honest, 
I don't know how Ty Lue is going to coach this team any better than Doc Rivers coached the team. That's just my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, I know, me. He's, I know he's won a finals, but that finals was not predicated on Tyron Lue's coaching ability. It just wasn't. That's just my opinion. It was LeBron and Kyrie's star power that won them that title. That's just my opinion. But yeah, I mean, look. Just, I don't think he was the right guy for the job. That's just my opinion. I mean, he wasn't look. the right assistant on their staff. Sam Cassell is <laughs> probably a better coach than Tyron Lue, but it's a discussion for another day. It's fine, whatever. But what a, you you can go, you can go. I mean, yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose. I mean, I mean, I think just your emotions alone just it just express like everything about this Clippers team. Like you just like you just sometimes you're like, oh my god, what are they doing? And then other games you're like, oh my god, they look amazing. But today they just look horrible i mean my high school varsity team probably could have put up more of a fight than than the clippers did today they just and then we're to be honest i mean if any west winter plains where people are listening to this we are horrible and then we probably could have put up more of a fight than the clippers did today i mean it's just i don't i don't know with this team and then probably whenever their next game is like tomorrow or tuesday or whenever they're probably gonna they're probably gonna look great again and then you're just gonna be so confused like what are you going to get with this team that's the biggest question about the clippers it's not about the players or anything it's like how how are they gonna play on nightly like on a nightly basis that's just the biggest thing for them so any final thoughts before we move on you mentioned the clippers when they are down, they stay down. And when they're mm-hmm. up, they stay up. Mm-hmm. This is the way that I look at it. They're so inconsistent to the point where every time they play the Lakers, they get up. They play really well against the Lakers every single time. They played well against the Lakers every single time last year. They just didn't win the last couple. And pa- we don't need to get in Patrick Beverly. Whatever. Point is, they play really well and hard against the Lakers. But they don't do that against any other team. They just think they're going to. They just think they're going to walk in there, go through the motions, and get the win. And that's not going to – it's just not going to happen. It's the NBA. Exactly. Anybody can beat anybody. Like I said, the Knicks are beating the Bucks right now by, like, 30 points. So anybody can beat anybody. And the Knicks are probably the a bottom three team in the league. Because yeah, the only teams that have – the teams that have – they're probably going to blow the lead, actually. This is what the Knicks do. It's but three and a half minutes. The only I don't think they're going to blow it. <laughs> If they, if they blow it, then Stephen A. will be very depressed Monday. But anyway, they, like, I don't understand. The only teams worse than the Knicks are the Pistons and the Thunder because the Thunder literally have, like, Al Horford as their second-best scoring option offensively. They have nothing on offense. And we don't need to get into the Pistons. The Pistons are garbage. That DeLon Wright is paid, like, and Mason Plumley are your the two of your best players. Minus Blake Griffin, we don't need to get into this. The Pistons are garbage. We don't, they're worse than the Knicks. They're the yeah, second back to the Clippers here before we, we yes. don't need to talk about back, the NBA's worst back team. The, yes, back to the Clippers. Like um, they need to take, they need to treat every game like they're playing the Lakers, because the Lakers no. actually show up for most of their games. The Clippers show up for the ones that they want to show up to. It's the preferential treatment of PG and Kawhi, that type of stuff that happened last offseason and was reported this offseason. That's the type of stuff that they cannot afford to have. That's why Montrezl Harrell's gone, because he tried to speak up against it, and now he's gone. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't right know. down the hall. <laughs> yeah, right down the hall, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, look, this Clippers team just needs to get, get their stuff together. I mean, 51 points, unacceptable. But let's move on. 
keeping it Western Conference theme today. So we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Houston. Um, so there are a lot of options for that eighth seed in the Western Conference. I mean, because you can make a t- you can make a case for 13, 14 teams that can actually make the playoffs because this is a deep, deep conference. So you have so the eighth seed in the play-in tournament is going to be tough. So whoever comes out of that play-in tournament and gets that eighth seed is going to be interesting. So Trayvon, who do you think has the best shot? at being AC in the Western Conference and probably gets the, the prize of playing the Lakers in the first round. Um, so every single team, except the Thunder, because they're not an NBA team, everybody <laughs> but the Thunder, they, they can contend They can contend for the last spot. Memphis and New Orleans I would like to shy away from just because Jaron Jackson Jr. is out a while. And I know, I know John Morant went off the first couple games this year, but I'm going to hold off on Memphis because even though they were a, basically a playoff team last year, they were four or five games under 500. I mean, that's just not going to get it done in the Western Conference in a typical year. Um, the Pelicans, I still don't like the Pelicans. I don't think a backcourt of Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball is going to be able to get you to the next level. And especially in the playoffs, the shooting of that particular backcourt is not good enough. Brandon Ingram right. and Zion Williamson have to consistently contribute for that team in order for them to go far. And that includes J.J. Reddick coming off the bench. That includes Steven Adams, whatever his role may be, because that was a good, really good pickup for them, um, an unexpected one. The Spurs, I really like the Spurs. I, I personally want to say the Spurs get the eighth seed or Sacramento, getting them in a second. But I think I like San Antonio a lot because they rolled out that starting lineup game one of DeJounte Murray, who's a really good young point guard. Kel, um, Lonnie Walker started, and we all – everybody loves Lonnie Walker. He's, he's, he's on the rise as well. They're finally getting a minute. They're finally giving him minutes. Yeah. Devin Vassell's coming off the bench. He's a really good 3-and-D rookie. That out was of a Florida great State. take by the Spurs. Was, was a great pick. pick. They got LaMarcus Aldridge still. DeMar DeRozan was playing. Trey Lyles usually starts, although they did go small. Kelvin Johnson started as well, I do believe. So they, the Spurs, even right now, even if they aren't good, after, De, after DeRozan and Aldridge, they have a really good young roster that's oh, going yeah. to compete. They have one of the prob, – they probably have a top three to five core in the NBA solely off of their young players. I didn't, even, I didn't even mention Derek White. Derek White is really good as well. Got a massive extension probably, as well. He, he probably will start. If they continue to go small ball, DeRozan's going to play the four. Or Kelton Johnson, that's my assumption. Then that's what they need to do because this faces the floor out for DeRozan to drive because he's and slash because he's not a three-point shooter. The Kings I really like just because I'm a big De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald guy, so – to me, the, that backcourt is really good. Darren Fox is probably the fastest player in the entire league with the ball in his hands and probably without it, too. Buddy Heald shot like 45% on threes last year. Top three to five shooter in the entire league. That He's the most underrated one out of anybody in the league. That even includes Duncan Robinson because people actually recognize him for his ability. But people forget about Buddy Heald and the fact that he can average 20 a night it's just his role fluctuated last season. So they didn't really get a good feel with Heald. And now Bogdanovich is gone. So Buddy Heald gets his minutes. Um, Portland's probably going to be in automatically. 
Portland, Utah, those teams will probably already be in. But Do you have Sacramento Portland, as the eighth seed? Or? Probably, I, I want to say the Spurs right now. If I had to do the plan, if I, yes. If I had to do the plan, I probably would have. It'd probably be in order of seven, eight, nine, ten, like Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, and like Minnesota. That, those would be my four teams right now. Or yeah, Houston. I did mention Houston, but Minnesota probably will be the ten in the play-in, just because I think they have enough star power to get them by. And Anthony Edwards coming off the bench with Jared Culver He's coming off the bench, yeah. they both look, they have both looked really good. Jared Culver's last however many games, including preseason, he's shooting like 50% from three, 53% from the field. He's averaging over 10 points. This is all off the bench. Jared Culver was someone I was really high on coming out of college and in the NBA draft because I thought he had a lot of potential because he's a really good shot-creating playmaker who can play defense as well. And that's what the Timberwolves need. So you have D'Angelo Russell with Malik Beasley, who's a sniper in the starting lineup. Oh, yeah. You've got Carl Anthony Towns still. The the rest of their line, I mean, Josh Okoge. Josh Okoge is a really good defensive player. Um, I mean, obviously they have some holes in the roster, but Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, and Jared Culver off the bench is a lot of production that they're going to get every night just because they're going to get enough shot attempts. I mean, Anthony Edwards had – 22 the other night, I think, and he shot 8 of 12. That's really that's better than anybody on the Warriors not named Steph Curry right now. Actually, not named James Wiseman right now. So that's really good to see from the Timberwolves. The only problem with the Timberwolves is this is probably the same problem with the Kings and maybe even the Spurs. Their defense sucks at times. Like, there's yeah. teams that they have to – there's games they have to win that they're not going to win because their defense is not good. So – if the Timberwolves can play average defense this season, they should be competing for the playoffs. Every They should every year because otherwise they're wasting Carl Anthony Towns' prime and they need to trade him. That's just fact. That's just the facts. Yeah, Same sadly. The Spurs are always going to be competitive because of the foundation that they've built with Greg Popovich. Over the years. And the, yeah. mix, the mix of veterans and youth that they have on that team. And the, it's the exact same thing for the Kings. Other than the fact that the Kings have, like, 17 centers on their team, they're really good. And Luke Wallen may not be a great coach, but the way he plays with the up-tempo and the pace, it fits perfectly with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, it fits yeah, perfectly. Yeah, that's, that's his game. Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes is a great role player for that team in, in the way that he plays. And Buddy Hill is the shooter of the team. So – I like what all I like what all those teams have. I just it's hard for me to pick a specific team. I'll just say San Antonio because they have a history of being in the playoffs, yep. and they probably they had a chance to get in last year in the play, and they just didn't get enough help the last game of the bubble to get in. So I will say San Antonio because I believe in Greg Popovich and that roster that they have because I think there's enough talent and production on it to ultimately elevate them to that eight spot yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with minnesota um i really love that team i mean you touched on anthony edwards and jared Kohler. i mean but i think this team is run by d'lo and cat um i think De- we talked about d'angelo russell in our last episode about i mean you mentioned him as a potential breakout player um 
So, yeah, I think this, I think they have a well-rounded team top to bottom. I mean, off the bench, I mean, Culver, Edwards, Rubio. I mean, any team would love that trio off the bench. And then, obviously, you still have, you know, um, Kogi, Russell, Cat. You know what you're going to get from those three. So, I think this is a well-rounded team from top to bottom. I think the star power is going to be what, what the difference is there because they, like, compared to the teams that you mentioned, the Spurs and the Kings, the Timberwolves have more star power. Cat is better than anyone on the Kings and on the Spurs, and you can make the case for D'Lo is better than anyone on the Kings. I mean, De'Aaron and D'Lo, that's a good debate to have. but And the Spurs, too, for that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, th- I feel like that's what, the, that's what the difference is between the – between the teams that we mentioned because the Timberwolves have that star power and that's what you need to win in the league today. And that's why I think the Minnesota Timberwolves will get that eighth seed. Now, do I see them going far in the playoffs this year? No, because if they get the eighth seed, they're likely to play the Lakers or whoever ends up with the first seed. And that team is probably going to be significantly better than the Timberwolves and what they have, because this is a young roster at the end of the day. You can't expect young young rosters to elevate their game in the playoffs because that's not going to happen. So I think they're like a year or two away from being serious contenders. And then I think the key for this team, not just the stars playing well and Cat staying healthy, because, I mean, Cat just went down with an injury last night, his wrist, so he's going to be evaluated in a week. But um, I think the defense is what's important because last year they were, I believe, one of the worst teams in the NBA. If they can step yep. up their games defensively and play as one unit, then they can make a run. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely like the Minnesota Timberwolves to be the eighth seed this year. Yeah, um, when, when Culver and Edwards develop and they've carved out a specific role for this team in the future, so probably, hopefully two years, if it goes really well one year, this team's going to be insane because oh, 100%. They could do they could throw so many lineups out there. I mean, if they really wanted to, their best, I mean, if they throw their best starting five out there in my opinion, you have Russell running point guard. You could throw Ricky Rubio in this lineup if you want. Just he would have, I don't know who he'd go in for, but you could go with Russell, you could go with Edwards, Kogi and Culver, and then you could go with Cat. And Akogi yeah. is one of the best defenders in the league. He could guard some fours because of his tenacity doing it. It's kind of like Marcus Smart for a, a comparison. Akogi's a really young, bright defender. And Culver's, Culver and Edwards, got, they have some size, especially Culver. So especially those guys Edwards can play some, like a linebacker, like a tight yes. end almost. He's, he's like, he, he, looks like, uh, he looks like Eric Bledsoe yeah. for a comparison. He mm-hmm. looks exactly yeah. kind of like Eric Bledsoe does. Because Eric Bledsoe is built – like a freak, basically. I mean, he has some huge shoulders. I don't – he's very muscular. Yeah. And Edwards is kind of built like that. Culver and Edwards and Akogi, whoever would play that small ball four, um, four even though Akogi's not a great shooter, it's still creating space because Cat can shoot. He's the most – he's probably the second most efficient big ever currently right now, other than John Collins. D'Angelo Russell, we know what he can do with the ball especially if he's in pick and roll with Cat, which is I mean, nasty. Milo is one of the best shot creators in this game. Yes. And Edwards off the dribble, he may not be a great shooter, but again, he's another – His athletic really good, ability alone yes. is far. He's a great he, – he's another guy who can be a really good shot creator and hopefully shot maker 
if he can improve on his efficiency. Culver I mean, first two games he looked great efficiency-wise. Yes, Culver as well, because Culver in college had that number one scoring option rule. There were times he was efficient, and there were times he wasn't. And last season specifically, he was not efficient at all, really, with the ball. I think that's just rookie so, growing pains, though. Like, I think he used – His role was also fluctuating a lot because before they got D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett Culver was running point guard. And when Russell got which hurt, you don't want Culver's him. still running point guard. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he, – actually, maybe you want him to run so he can get those reps. That's important. But I definitely think if Culver can take that next step, this team is very dangerous. I mean, if he can turn into that player that we knew and loved at Texas Tech when they went to the final – when they went to the national championship, excuse me – um. If he can turn into that, then this team is obviously dangerous. I mean, then you still have Edwards. I mean, Edwards, you know, he was the right pick for that team. I'm glad they picked him because he's a great fit alongside D'Lo and Rubio off the bench because that's where they're using him right now. Um, yeah, so Culver and Edwards, that's a great wing duo to have. And then probably their best five, you could you could go Russell, Edwards, Culver, Whoever you want at the four, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm coming up blank on their starting power forward. But I think it's. I think it's Wancho and Gomez, and he can shoot the ball. That guy can shoot. Okay, yeah. So if they wanted, if they wanted a shooting four, he's the guy to go with over Kogi. So yeah. So let's let's just go with Hernan Gomez in this in this scenario. You have shooter. You have shooting with it. You have spacing, which is what they need, and which is what they lacked last season. So if they can, if they can just tap into that potential, this is a. Some the symbols are gonna look dangerous if they can figure this out, man. I, I think they're the best option yeah. for the eighth seed. I I mean, look, the they, Spurs look the Spurs look good though. But the problem is they, they don't do. have they anyone. Do. To me, I don't think they have anyone that can stop Cat down low. Lamarcus Aldridge is getting up there in age. He's past his prime, unfortunately. He's this isn't the Portland Lamarcus Aldridge that we knew and loved. Um, so I think like Cats would be a problem for them down low. The Kings, I mean. Maybe not, because like you said, they have 17 centers. Oh. I mean, they got Hassan Whiteside, so I, he's probably the guy to guard Cat. Even though we can't guard him on the perimeter, he would be able to at least control and limit Cat's touches and how mm-hmm. effective those touches were. Yeah. So in terms of having, in terms of the teams that we mentioned having the ability to stop Cat, the best option would be Sacramento because. They have Hassan Whiteside. Marvin Bagley may not be a great. They match up well with Minnesota. Yeah, they match up really well. Darren Fox against D'Angelo Russell would be that's a great matchup. Funnest matchups in the entire league to watch. Agreed. I love both of those players. Yeah, and then they have the they almost have the wings too and the guards to compete with Minnesota because you have Buddy Heald, you have Harrison Barnes who's still there. Tyrese uh, Halliburton off the yeah, bench. Halliburton was a great pick for this team. I Yeah, I love the Halliburton pick for the Kings. And then you still have Nemanja Bielitsa, who's a great floor spacer. So both teams are very deep. I give the edge to Minnesota, though, because, again, like I alluded to before, I feel like they're a bit deeper and they have better star power. So I think that's what's going to take them. Yeah, I would agree. I will just say with Sacramento, um, the, they – they will go as far as Mar- as Marvin Bagley improves. Like yeah, if he can because... actually be good, that team will probably make the playoffs because without you know a doubt. How much hate Kings fans get for not taking Luca in that spot? I mean, that's that's. Oh just, yeah, oh yeah, that looks for sure. Bad for them. I mean, look, I like Bagley coming out of the draft, and I thought he was the right pick for the Kings. To be honest, with Fox already there, 
Um, he just hasn't been able to blossom into the player that we thought he would be able to. So, if, look, Bagley's an X-factor for this team. I mean, last year he showed flashes, but he was injured. If he can stay healthy, if he, I see him as a 2010 guy when healthy, to be honest. I think he's like a John Collins archetype type player. I think I think he honest I honestly believe that he can do that. It's just he needs to stay healthy and he needs to be able to thrive in his role. I feel like at times he tries to force things when they're not there. I mean, I watched I watched a couple of Kings games this year. Uh, I mean last year, sorry. I mean at times, you know, he was looking fluid, you know, diving to the basket, pick and rolls with Fox and stuff, but then other other times, you know, he was forcing up jumpers and mid-range, you know, stuff that he can't do yet, unfortunately. So he just needs to develop his game, needs to refine his game, and he needs to be able to stay healthy so this pick doesn't look as bad. And look, I think if he develops, this is a this is a good Kings team. And they can contend with Minnesota for that spot. I think it goes Minnesota, Sacramento. The problem with, yeah. It goes Minnesota, Sacramento, you got San Antonio, you need probably have Phoenix in the mix and Houston as well. That those are like the five, four or five teams that are gonna be in that mix for the eighth spot. So yeah, any final thoughts? Yeah. I will the problem the problem yeah the problem with Bagley is that they have so many bigs that he has to play the four and to me he needs to play the five because he can't guard any fours and he can't shoot well enough to play the four. Having Rashawn Holmes is nice because he can at least space the floor from the mid range area and so can Hassan Whiteside. But all those guys cannot play together on the floor. That's why they don't have Harry Giles anymore because they ran. They had too many bigs and they yeah. had to let people go because they have too many minutes. So like, Bagley needs to play the five, not the four, and he's still playing the four. Whiteside isn't playing right now. I think he's injured. So they they have to figure it out when that when Whiteside gets back because I thought Rashawn Holmes played really well last season and his minutes oh, yeah, are going to deteriorate because they're going to play Whiteside. Even yeah. though it's only a one-year deal, Whiteside's going to play a lot. And I said when De'Aaron Fox got drafted, when when he got drafted, I said he was going to be the best player in that draft class in five years. And we're basically nearing that point. Is he the best player from that class? No, because I'm pretty sure that was the draft that had Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, yeah. and those guys. Mm-hmm. So I think you can make it. You can't make the argument he's better than Jason Tatum, but you can make the argument he's better than Donovan Mitchell, who's a top 30 player in the league. Darren Fox is in that area. So he's at least a top three player from that draft class, and that's huge moving forward because he has the big contract extension now. He's got to develop a three-point jumper a little bit and be able to shoot some free throws because if he can become a fully well-rounded offensive player – it's the same thing like we were talking about with Culver and Bagley. The team's ascension will be like On their a legitimate thing. It won't be just a potential thing. It'll be a proven productive thing that happens because we actually, you know, he's actually making those strides. And Nemanja Bielisa, who's a for a shooting four for them, he told he said there were reports saying that like he said Fox looks like an all-star. This is before the season started. So he hasn't been an all-star yet. And being an all-star in the Western Conference is really hard. And I know there's no all-star game, but if he can put up all-star caliber production, he, they're going to be a playoff team probably. They just have to be a lot better defensively. And it's the same thing with Minnesota. Because yeah. even, even though they have really good lineups they can throw out there, they, they, don't, have have de- they don't have a lot of defense. I mean, Joshua yeah. Kogi is really the only defensive-minded player on the Timberwolves. 
other than Gorgie Jang, if they still have him, which I don't know if they do. And with the Pacers, not Pacers, the Kings, I don't know who, other than Whiteside, who's a suspect defensive player at times, they don't, and they, other, other than maybe Harrison Barnes, they don't have much defense either. So, yeah, so it, it's going to come down I, to their defense for both teams. Yeah, for sure. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, to say the least, I think this is going to be a very exciting race for this eighth spot in the West. I mean, this is the deepest West we've seen in years, and it's going to be tough come playoff time. I feel like this year is going to be a little different. You know, team, some teams are going to be tired from the bubble. Some teams aren't. You know, the teams that we mentioned have long layoffs almost. I mean, you know, Sacramento, I know Sacramento and San Antonio went to the, went to the bubble, but I mean, they, they still had a significant amount of rest. They almost had a regular offseason. Um, so it's definitely interesting to, to see whoever gets this eighth seed in the West. So any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I think we hit it today. So we can go ahead and wrap yeah. this up. So thank you for tuning in to the second episode of our Phenom NBA show. Again, I'm Ismael Zai. He's Trayvon Hastings. Have a great Sunday night, everybody, and have a great week ahead. See you guys.